Welcome to church. Happy Sunday. And let me just take a moment and say a big hello to all of our locations, of course, here in the room in Newark and Hokessen online, uh, wherever you're joining us from and whatever, whichever location you're a part of today. Very, very glad you're here. We're in the last weekend of a series that we've called Jesus Who, which is all about how the story of Jesus' life impacts the stories of our lives. And uh, we're going to jump into the message uh, in just a moment or two. But of course, next weekend is Easter weekend and we've been planning. Yeah. Anybody fired up about Easter weekend? And uh, we've been planning, praying, preparing, getting ready uh, for this weekend. And I want to take a couple of minutes, as I always do every year, and just kind of give you sort of the next, like a little behind the scenes, how you can make the most of Easter this year beyond gathering, which of course I, I hope you'll do. And you heard about all of our uh, gatherings across our locations, but beyond that, how you can make the most of this uh, very special Easter weekend. And I want to walk you through that as long as this touchscreen will allow me to do that. So I'll just keep touching it until somebody uh, figures out if there's another way to make it work. Seriously, that's what I'll do. I'll just keep going and going and going. Soon somebody's going to run out here and do something other than touch it. But for now, I'm going to do this. All right, so Easter's coming. And uh, whether it's on a screen or not, we're still going to have it. I just want you to know. <laughs> The devil is a liar. Anyway, all right, so Easter's coming. We're having Easter, just so you know. Uh, and here's what I want you to do. Oh, yeah, see, all right, I just had to call the devil a liar, and we got the screen. So here we go. Let's put it up there. Okay, here's the first. Aren't you glad you come to church? Me too. All right, so here's the first thing I want you to, to think about, pray about, and act on this week, and that is invite. Invite people around you uh, to come experience Easter weekend with you. You never have a better chance of getting a yes from someone who doesn't usually go to church than you do at Christmas and Easter, and this is Easter, so you've got a great opportunity. I have, of course, I want to invite uh, as many people as I can, but I have a particular person, and I encourage you to do this as well have somebody that I've been kind of like seeding this a little bit. And this week I have a plan. I've got it all kind of prepared how I'm going to invite them and even have a little gift that I got them. That's something I know they like, and I'm going to give them a little gift and invite them to Easter weekend. So whatever that looks like for you, invite somebody to, to come with you to Easter weekend. Then secondly, let's pray. So I know all of us at our different locations, maybe you're at a different place in your spiritual journey, but if you, if you believe in Jesus, let's pray this week for God to work in the lives of people who come to our gatherings. And honestly, here's what I'd love for you to do. Let's pray for God to work in the life of everybody who comes to a life-giving church anywhere in our region. Let's just believe this Easter that God's going to work in the lives of people. Our world needs it. So let's pray. Let's believe God. Third thing is to serve. So, of course, if you're a member of our J team, Easter is the Super Bowl. You're playing, all right? So uh, get suited up and get ready for uh, Easter weekend. But if you're not on the J team yet and you're like, man, maybe you're new here and you haven't had a chance to come to Plugged In yet, get, become a part of the team, but you want to serve, just show up a little early, stay a little late, smile a lot, open doors, greet people, and just kind of own it, all right? And I hereby dub you an honorary Easter member of our J teams. Just come ready to serve. And then the last thing is, I want to encourage you, if you're a part of this community of faith, 
Let's give together. So we, we do this every year, the weekend before Easter. This weekend, uh, we have an opportunity to give in what we call our Easter offering. And it's all giving that goes outside our walls. It's not to pay our bills here as a church, but it's to reach people we haven't reached yet and serve people we haven't served yet. And this year, I'll tell you more about it at the end of the gathering today, but this year, we are praying uh, through our Easter offering to finish our budget to launch our Middletown location. Come on, south of the canal. We coming, we coming. And then also to plant churches all over America in cities that we've identified that do not have enough churches, uh, vibrant churches to reach the people in those cities. So if you haven't yet, I know many of you have already given coming into this weekend, or some of you have. My wife Susie and I, we did that uh, this weekend. But if you haven't yet, even over the next few minutes, just pray. Listen to God. I'm not asking you to give a certain amount. Just do whatever God leads you to do, okay? Whatever he leads you to do, uh, give it and, and trust him to, to do something big through it. So it's going to be a great Easter, but as we finish up this series, Jesus Who, I wonder how many of us can relate today. When I was a kid, uh, two things about me. I hated being hungry. How many of us hated being hungry when we were kids? How many of us still hate being hungry? It's okay. It's just, uh, I hated being hungry, but I love bread. How many of us, like, I love bread. I like, there are going to be so many carbs in heaven, everybody. I just want you to know I'm believing God when we get there and none of them are going to count. And uh, so when I was a kid, I loved bread. I remember my parents would buy these fresh baked loaves of bread from the grocery store, sometimes like two or three times a week. And they, they were not pre-sliced, which is a gift from God because it means you can cut the size slice you want. Now, it seems like all the bread these days is pre-sliced, which is a control move. Let me cut the slice the size I want. It's a little extra effort, but it's worth it. And one of those loaves of bread when I was a kid would usually yield about three to four slices for me. <laughs> so I would, I would just, I remember walking home from, from school at lunch uh, on days that I knew there was going to be bread. And I would cut these two huge slabs of bread and slather them with raspberry jam. And that was lunch. It was, and if I could have gotten away with it, that would have been breakfast and dinner as well. I just, I loved it. I mean, doesn't that sound good to everybody? We don't have any today, but doesn't that sound good to everybody? And uh, I just remember that uh, it satisfied me. It it's just felt so good to just eat those big chunks of bread with raspberry jam all over them. And I, I still love bread. I still hate being hungry. And I think a lot of us can relate. Whatever we believe about God on another level, we hate being hungry and we love the feeling of being full, spiritually full, relationally full, emotionally full, financially full. And while it may not be literal bread that we spend our lives chasing after, for so many of us, we are starving for satisfaction, right? We are, we're looking for the good life. How do I experience life in just its fullest? We want, and we want giant slabs of life. We don't want pre-sized slices. You know what I'm saying? We want to cut off our own just huge chunks of joy and fulfillment in life. And then we don't want to stop there. We want to slather it with the raspberry jam of a good life. We want good relationships, a good job, a good income, good health, good times. Anybody tracking with me? I mean, that's kind of the life we're looking for. So the question is, what do we do when our needs aren't being met, when we don't have that in our lives? And maybe just going a little bit deeper for some of us, what do we do when we get some of those things, but we're still hungry? When they don't satisfy us the way we thought they would. So whatever your background with church or faith, all of us probably have at least an awareness 
that followers of Jesus, people who believe in Jesus, believe that he did and does miracles. He did unexplainable things while he was here on earth and that he still does unexplainable things. And one of the biggest outward miracles, the one that affected the most people during Jesus' time here on earth was when he took a few uh, loaves of bread and a few fish and multiplied them to fill a crowd of thousands. So Jesus was teaching a large crowd and the disciples started saying, hey, the people are hungry. And Jesus is like, well, what should we do? And the disciples are like, don't ask us, you're Jesus. And he's like, well, yeah, well, do we have anything? And one of his disciples says, says, well, we got this kid here. He packed a lunch today. He seems to be the only one who did. His mom helped him out, you know, put a few fish which is weird. You know, we don't pack fish for lunch, but back in the day you did. And also packed him some bread, which all of us can relate to, right? Non-pre-sliced, just like a loaf of bread. Pretty sure he's got some raspberry jam in there too. And we just got, we've got a little lunch, Jesus. But what is that with such a large crowd? And Jesus says, well, give it to me. They give him the fish and the loaves. He blesses them, prays over them, gives them to his disciples, tells them, I want you to distribute this to the crowd. They pass it out to the crowd and it's a miracle. Never runs out. In fact, they have baskets of leftovers at the end. It's an amazing miracle and it blows the crowd's mind. So the next day, the crowds that had eaten the fish and the breads experienced this miracle. They tracked Jesus down and they say, hey, yesterday was awesome. Do it again. Do it like we, the only thing better than yesterday is today. Why? Because yesterday's bread doesn't mean anything to today's empty belly. So like we need another miracle. But instead of repeating the miracle, Jesus says this to the crowd. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, this makes the crowd a little antsy. They start murmuring among themselves. You can read this if you want. It's in John chapter six. They start murmuring among themselves. Like, who does this guy think he is? Like, we know where he came from. We know like his mom was Mary, his dad was Joseph. We know the bread of life. What does that even mean? So let me ask you a question. How many of us, by a show of hands, if you're in one of our physical rooms, and give us a hand raise emoji online. How many of us have eaten anything recently? Just by a show of, I'm just wondering how many of us, how many of us, so let's get a little clearer. How many of us have had something to eat already today? Just by a show of hands, show of hands. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, how many, within the past 48 hours, had something to eat, had something? Okay, so I think it's most of us, right? Here's what I know. I know what happened next. And if it hasn't, I, it's about to. You are going to be hungry again. It's kind of how eating works, right? How many of us have had a meal, like a big meal, and sat back and said, I could not eat another bite. Like, I don't need another meal for a week. And then three hours later, like, we got any brownies? We got any Doritos around here? What's up? We got anything going on around here? It's just how eating works. We eat, and then we get hungry again. So, as a follower of Jesus, and if you're not yet, you can tune this out, but as a follower of Jesus, man, what he says here messes with me. And maybe it does for you too, wherever you are spiritually. Because Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. A little problem with that, Jesus. I became a follower of Jesus when I was 15. And I was hungry spiritually. My life was not working out. Life was not satisfying me on a deep soul level. I knew something was missing. You may find yourself there today. And I came to Jesus, put my faith in him. And the only problem with what he's saying here is, I have been hungry again. 
I, I, I put my faith in Jesus at 15. Don't get me wrong. Things that Jesus has done in my life have been very satisfying for a while. But I have gotten hungry again. I've been frustrated again, discouraged again, tempted again, doubtful again, distracted again. I have gotten hungry again. So is Jesus telling the truth here? Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. I mean, I came to him at 15 years old, put my faith in him. I've been following him ever since, not perfectly, and I've got so much growing to do, but I've had my faith in him since I was 15. So is he telling the truth when he says, whoever comes to me will never be hungry again? Yeah, he is. Why? Because you know why we still get hungry? We stop coming to Jesus. That's when we find ourselves, I mean, think about it. When do we find ourselves ongoingly hungry, just never satisfied, never fulfilled, never really complete, always kind of anxious and feeling like things aren't quite where they need to be? It's when we stop coming to Jesus. We stop feasting on Jesus alone. And we try to find something else. So for me, maybe I come to you. And I need you to help me or to affirm me or to complete me. And I get my eyes off of Jesus. I start coming to you. Guess what? You leave me hungry. Other people leave me hungry when I'm looking to them for the satisfaction that my soul needs. Maybe for some of us, we come to money. We come to sex. We come to control. We, some of us, we come to fun or our job or our weekends or our kids or our parents. Some of us are coming to that slow driver who won't get out of our way. And we're like, my life will never be satisfied until you move. <laughs> okay. I knew I would, you're like, no, I'm good on that front. Good on that. There you go. <laughs> In other words, the moment we stop pulling up to the table where Jesus is the only thing on the menu. We get hungry again. That rumbling in our souls returns. That craving that cannot be satisfied. Why? Because none of those things or any other things that we can come up with, none of those people or any other people that we can meet or be around or be connected to or networked with or in a relationship with, none of them can really satisfy us. Only Jesus can. Here's what you need to know about Jesus. Jesus who? Jesus is for hungry people. He's for hungry people. He satisfies. In fact, look at what he says next. Yes, I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. You can have a different kind of life, a rich and satisfying life. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. And I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but I already shared that I love bread. So I brought some with me today. And this is fresh baked bread. Uh, one of our leaders here baked this for me. I'm very proud of myself that I figured out a way um, to have fresh loaves of bread baked for me under the guise of a message illustration. And, um, and I was like, you know, I actually need a new loaf for every gathering. Uh, so I'm going to need, can you bake me a lot of bread? I'm not going to tell you who it was because I don't want them to get requests. You understand? I want to I keep my dealer my dealer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's funny. Um, so I brought this bread. It's fresh baked bread, okay? And I love bread. I love everything about it. Bread is wonderful. 
Now, I know for some of us, maybe you're like, I don't do carbs or I'm gluten-free or whatever it may be. And I get all of that, like figure, now there's gluten-free bread and there's like low-carb bread. Well, you gotta find a workaround. You cannot live without bread. Gotta, gotta have bread. I love bread. Bread is wonderful. I love the way, I love everything about it. I love the way it smells. Oh man, that's good. It just smells so good. I love the texture. I, love, I just love the way, like I love the bread. I love the way it smells. I love the way it looks. I love the way it feels. I love everything about bread. And this is my bread. It's not your bread. If you didn't bring bread, that's on you. I don't know. I, I brought bread. And I love it. But here's what I've discovered about bread. The only thing that solves my hunger problem is eating it. Looking at it, smelling it, thinking about it, appreciating it doesn't really do anything for me. It's not until. I know some of you are thinking, well, it needs something. The right bread doesn't need anything. Well, I need a moment. That's so good. I wish you knew how good my bread is. And here's what I think. I think a lot of us, myself included, think we can satisfy our spiritual hunger by talking about Jesus. Looking at Jesus from a distance. Posting about Jesus. But we stop short of actually pulling up to the table and feasting on Jesus. And when it comes down to it, we're actually looking for something or someone else to satisfy our hunger. In fact, for some of us, I think it's possible maybe we think we love Jesus, but actually what we really love is raspberry jam. We like the toppings Jesus provides. And if he doesn't perform the way we expected or prayed or desired, we find ourselves hungry again because we've never learned that Jesus is enough. And I love that Jesus, it's just like the crowd. The crowd is like, do it again. I mean, that was good yesterday, but you gotta do it again, man. And I love that Jesus says, you missed it. The point was not the physical bread. The point is that I am the bread and that if your trust is in me and if you will look to me and come to me, you will always have more than enough. There's always enough of me. But the moment you look somewhere else for satisfaction, there will never be enough. In fact, he goes a little bit deeper and he says this, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise that person at the last day. That's weird. It's okay to acknowledge it. That's disturbing. And Jesus knew it would be. The... So if you're new to like Jesus in the Bible, you're like, say what? 
Even if you're not new, that's, that verse is not going to show up on the latest church merch. <laughs> you're not ordering a coffee cup with John 6:53 on it. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. It's not happening. I mean, that is a lot to take in. Exactly. Because what Jesus is doing here, he's intentionally trying to shock our system. And he's describing what he came to do. He says, my body, my flesh is going to become an offering for you. It's going to be broken like bread and consumed by the world. Torn apart. He's describing his death on the cross. He's saying, I'm going to die on a cross for your sins to forgive all the messed up things that we think, say, and do to ourselves and to each other that keep us from God. Jesus knew that his body would become an offering, a sacrifice, that his blood would be the price paid to buy us back from our brokenness and to make us whole. What Jesus is saying is, you are hungry deep inside. And only me and what I'm about to do for you can provide the solution to your hunger problem. And the only way you're gonna fix your spiritual starvation is by feasting on me. And I know that's a lot. And if you're new to this, especially, it's a lot. But Christians have found a way, per Jesus' guidance and instructions, to act this out. We call it communion. Sometimes in the Bible, it's referred to as the Lord's Supper. It's a very simple experience, but it's very important to us. And we, what we do is we eat some bread together to remind ourselves that Jesus gave his body, his flesh for us. So the bread's broken just like Jesus' body was broken for us. And he did that to restore us to a relationship with God. We drink some juice or wine to remind ourselves and each other that Jesus gave his blood to wash our sins away. Communion reminds us that Jesus has forgiven us. And if we believe in him, we have access to God and we have a life that will last forever. And it doesn't matter what's happening in this world around us, that we are secure in the hands of our father in heaven. And communion reminds us that when we come to Jesus hungry, we leave filled. Communion reminds us that Jesus is not just for religious people or successful people or rich people or people who have it all together. No, Jesus is for hungry people. He satisfies. So here we celebrate communion in small groups, what we call J groups. In fact, we've asked all of our, our J groups this week to share communion together leading into Easter. So if you're in a group, you'll have an opportunity to experience this. And the reason we do it that way is because that's how Jesus uh, brought communion, not to a crowd, but to a group of close friends. The first followers of Jesus, you can read about this in the book of Acts in the New Testament, they met from house to house to break bread and to remember what Jesus had done. It's powerful. And here's why, because Jesus said, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Now, of course, he is not talking about literally, physically, eating a human body and drinking human blood. But he is saying, you are going to have to learn to feast on me. Does it feel like something's missing in your life? Anything? It's Jesus. He's what's missing when we're hungry. Say, so, no, for me, it's not, no, it's not Jesus. It's, I have problems in, at school. Yeah, but underneath the problems at school, 
you're looking for something else to eat besides the only one who can satisfy you. So no, for me, it's, it's not a Jesus problem. It's, I have issues in my marriage. I'm not downplaying that. But the real hunger in our souls cannot be satisfied when someone else lines up with our ideal. But when we pull a chair up to the table and feast on Jesus. He's the only one who satisfies. And whether you're brand new to all of this and it's just kind of blowing your mind like it did the crowd that day, or you've known Jesus for a while, but you've stopped coming to him alone, he's what you're hungry for. He's what I'm hungry for. We're not just hungry for things to go better. We're not just hungry for a better job or a, or a better relationship with our parents or a better marriage or a better bank account or a better house or better weather. We think that's what we're hungry for, but what we're really craving is eternal life, a rich and satisfying life. You say, what does that even mean? It means a life that is no longer dependent on the condition of our circumstances to dictate the condition of our soul. Imagine a life like that, where you could have peace, the rain comes, the winds blow, but your house is built on Jesus. That's eternal life. And only Jesus is the way to find that life because Jesus is for hungry people. And if you feel like that's too much to take in, you're not alone. Because at this point, when he said all of that about his flesh and his blood, many of his disciples, not just the crowd, but his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? I mean, think about this. When Jesus says this stuff about him being the bread of life and his flesh being offered, and they don't even have context yet, right? They don't know about the cross. They don't know about communion like we do. So many of Jesus' own disciples are, at, are they're turned away at this point. They're, they're out. They're like, Jesus, we, we, actually, we were, in, we were in this for the miracles. We were in this for the raspberry jam. We were in this for the things you could do for our temporary needs. And the next moment moves me because Jesus turns to his 12 remaining disciples and he asks this, this probing question, are you guys gonna leave? It's not popular to follow me right now. It's not comfortable. It's not easy. Are you gonna leave? And sometimes I think Jesus is asking me that. Mark, this is not what you thought you signed up for. Are you gonna leave? Things are not turning out the way that you hoped. Are you gonna leave? And I wonder if he's asking some of us, it's hard right now, are you gonna go find another table? Are you gonna go looking somewhere else? And thankfully there's one disciple, he's not perfect, and <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. But in this moment, he gets it. Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give us the life we really need. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. Leave Jesus, no, no way. We're not gonna leave. This is where the feast is. You're enough. We put our faith in you. You are the bread of life. Jesus, I'm not leaving. I want another serving. Yeah. 
I want more of you in my life. I'm not walking away. I believe in you. We, we know you. And Peter's like, I don't even care if these other guys, they're coming. Like, we believe it, guys. We believe in him. We're going to stay with you, Jesus. Where else would we go? Only when we come to you do we find what we're really hungry for. Listen to me. Jesus is for hungry people. Not perfect people. Hungry people. He came to satisfy hungry sinners like us. So I'm not really comfortable being referred to as a sinner. Then you have not yet felt the hunger pangs as deeply as you may need to. Because before I came to Jesus, I was empty. I needed my sins forgiven. And that's why Jesus came. He came to wash away the sins of sinners like us. I will never feel the hunger of shame as long as I keep my eyes on the one who paid the price to forgive mine. That's why Jesus came. And that's what church is. Church is a community of people who have simply stopped looking at the world around them for fulfillment and started looking together to Jesus because Jesus is for hungry people. So when you're hungry, come to Jesus. And when you do, here's what you're going to find. The more you come to Jesus, the more you begin to love what Jesus loves and care about what Jesus cares about and value what Jesus values. The more you come to Jesus hungry and get filled by him alone, the more aware you become of how hungry the people around you are. And you, you learn that all of us who are feasting on Jesus we are spending the rest of our lives not as spiritual experts who have our act together, but as hungry people who have found bread and are now dedicating the rest of our lives to feasting on Jesus and helping other hungry people get to the same table. So remember those four things I shared with you about how to make the most of Easter. You maybe thought it was an announcement. Let's look at it again. Invite. Why? Because here's how Jesus works. The more you break off and give away, the bigger the loaf gets in your hands. Wasn't that the point of the miracle of feeding the crowd? The little kid keeps his lunch, everybody goes hungry. He puts it in the hands of Jesus. Everybody is fed and there are leftovers. If your faith isn't fulfilling you, it's probably because it's still in your lunchbox. Pray. Why? Because you know somebody who can take a few loaves of bread and a few fish and turn them into enough to feed multitudes. So pray this week. Would you join me this week in praying for a move of God in our region this Easter? Not just business as usual, but changed lives. Because Jesus is able to multiply what we're doing. So let's pray for Easter. Serve. 
Why? Because Jesus, through his death, shows us how to live our lives. He gave his body away for the sake of the world. So we give ours, our energy, our talents, our gifts, our time to serve others. And then give. Why? Because you're not in this world just to earn a lot of bread. You know what the true bread is. And money is not what you're hungry for. What you're hungry for is eternal life. And you can't buy eternal life. You receive it as a free gift. But one of the ways we demonstrate to our fears and anxieties that we know who's in control is we show what the true bread is in our lives by our generosity. In other words, what I'm saying is that Jesus is for hungry people. That's who he came for. That's what he's all about. Let's help hungry people come to Jesus. Sound good to everybody? So this, this last week of the series, yeah. This last week of the series, and I'm knowing... I'm very aware we, we're just going a little deeper today. I think we need it. So this last week of the series, if you would say, I want to pull up to the table. I need more of Jesus in my life. Wherever you are, if you believe in him, but you would just say, I need more of him. In Hocassin and Newark, would you just lift a hand, just hold it up high all over the room, just keep it up. If you're online, you can stretch that hand up toward heaven. I need more of Jesus. Only he can satisfy me. And then would you open your heart up big to God with me? Let me pray it over us. Jesus, we come to you today. Hungry, broken, sinners, saved by grace. Come on, would you do that with me? Would you just feast on Jesus? Jesus, I look to you for the satisfaction and the fulfillment I so deeply need. I've been running all over the place. I've been looking all over the place. I've been resentful. I've been unsatisfied. My, my spiritual soul has been rumbling. I've just, I feel the hunger pangs. Jesus, I need more of you. Jesus, I want you to fix my problems. I want you to take care of my issues. I want you to bless me with abundance and all that you have for me. But Jesus, you alone are enough. And if I never get anything else from you but what you did for me on the cross, that's more than I could ever hope to deserve. Jesus, I feast on you today. You're for hungry people. So I'm going to come to you and I'm going to help others come to you. And while you let God just speak to your heart for a moment more, maybe you're here today in one of our rooms or online and you have tasted a lot of things in this life. Maybe you've even found yourself running back again and again to the same things, hoping they will satisfy you, but they always leave you empty. Jesus is for you. And only Jesus can satisfy that emptiness in you. Whether nothing's going right or on the surface, everything's going right. You need Jesus. 
And when you put your faith in him and what he did for you on the cross, you become a follower of his and your life will change from the inside out. So I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer if you wanna take that step today. I want everyone to join me, open up your heart up to God. Open it big, make space for the presence of God. And then if that's you, if you wanna put your faith in Jesus, right where you are, whisper out prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, today, I believe in you. I know you are the son of God. You are what I'm hungry for. So I come to you today and I declare you leader and Lord of my life. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I wanna be included in that prayer, would you lift your hand? If you're in one of our rooms, just hold it up high. Boldly, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Yes, yes. Hold it up high and hoke us and hold out. Hand up high if you're putting your faith in Jesus today. Online, you can type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on. And then everyone, will you help me? Come on, let's celebrate that together. Let's give Jesus all the praise. We're gonna wrap up this gathering in just a few minutes. Uh, but before we do, if you prayed with me a moment ago, put your faith in Jesus for the first time, uh, congratulations. It's amazing. It never gets old. And if that's you, make sure you fill in a connect card before you leave. We wanna help you take steps to grow in your faith. This is just the beginning. And we wanna help you grow. And then for all of us who are part of this community of faith and who believe in Jesus, what just happened a moment ago that happens week after week, people putting their faith in Jesus across our locations, is why we do what we do. We wanna help people find Jesus and follow him fully. And that's what our Easter offering's all about. That's why I've been inviting you over the past couple of weeks to pray, listen to God, give whatever he leads you to do. And this is the weekend, today's the day. In just a moment, we're gonna worship again. You'll have an opportunity if you haven't yet, if you wanna give, and you'll see some ways you can give on the screens right now. You can text uh, give TJ to 94,000. You can. Uh, go to our website or app. If you're in the room, you can use an envelope to give. For our Easter offering, we're praying to finish the budget we need to launch our Middletown location and sustain it for the first full year. And we're just $75,000 away. We're very, very close. And, and I believe we're gonna be able to finish that this weekend. Then we wanna plant churches across America. We've identified in partnership with another group of churches, uh, we've identified 300 cities across the country that don't have enough life-giving churches. So I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, not Houston, not Atlanta, uh, but cities where there are people, lots of people who don't know Jesus and not enough churches. And guys, we have already sent or are in the process of sending church planters to 70 of those 300 cities because of your generosity. So thank you. Yeah, we just wanna keep that up, keep doing that. So the next... Uh, $50,000 of our Easter offering, we're gonna dedicate, invest in that. And then everything we give above and beyond that, the Middletown budget and planting, uh, continuing to plant churches, we're gonna set aside to launch future locations within what we call Journey City, our region, a 30 mile radius around our broadcast location in Newark. And we're gonna set that aside so that when God opens the door, we're ready to walk through it. So this weekend is an opportunity to participate in the mission of God. And the amounts between you and God, there's no pressure to give anything. And this is above and beyond our regular giving. So it's whatever God leads you, uh, leads you to do. But here's the why behind the what. Uh, and this is kind of, diff it's getting more and more difficult in some ways as our church grows and we reach more people to see the immediate impact. Like for all of you who give in the Easter offering, 
this year, chances are good you're not gonna meet the people you're giving made a difference for. People that we reach in Middletown, you, if you don't attend that location, you may never meet them. In the cities, in Des Moines, you may not meet somebody in Des Moines. I don't know why I thought of Des Moines. It's, I think it needs a church. But you may never meet that person in this life. But we believe in heaven. We think it's gonna be kind of a cool conversation in heaven. Hey, uh, it's, it's good to meet you. I'm uh, Mark, how'd you get to heaven? Well, Jesus, that's the right answer. Well, how'd that, tell me about that. Well, there was, there was an Easter offering. You gave in it. Location got planted, church got started. I heard about Jesus. That's why I'm here. I think that's gonna be a cool conversation. So, again, like, this may be the, totally the wrong way to, to receive an offering, but if you don't believe in heaven, don't give, because I don't know that you'll ever see the results here. If you do, set yourself. I, Susie and I are just, we're in this stage of life where how many cool conversations in heaven can we set up on this earth? It's just how we're living. I encourage you to do it as well. So here's what I want us to do. I'm gonna pray over it in just a moment. We're gonna worship together again. And just, if you're giving, get ready in your heart and your hands via the app, however you're giving. Let's believe God. Father, we love you. It's our honor to participate in your mission in this world. You sent your son and we get an opportunity to make him known. Thank you for that privilege. As we give today, for many of us, it's a sacrifice. It's like ripping bread apart. It's breaking off a piece of what we have to give it away. Multiply it. Take care of our needs so that we can continue to give, but multiply it to reach people, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Let's stand together, everybody. Let's open our hearts up again to God. We're gonna worship together one more time and then we're getting ready to wrap up. But here's what I want to encourage you to do during the next couple of minutes.